0: these psychopaths that are already in the top you know 0.1 percent they think that they've been bestowed this gift from god himself because they are the chosen ones the enlightened ones and they need to steer humanity through evolution of consciousness or revelation of the method or what have you to create this new world the new world order
1: Welcome to The Propaganda Report. This is Monica Perez.
2: And I'm Brad Binkle.
1: Today's guest I've been super excited to talk to. He is a podcast host of Conspiracy Theories and Unpopular Culture, website publisher of IlluminatiWatcher.com, and top 5% Amazon author of The Dark Path. Our guest today has long been on the leading edge of conspiracy theories surrounding the elusive Illuminati and its infiltration of the entertainment industry. Using examples of familiar pop culture and works of entertainment, he speaks and writes about the occult from a unique perspective that seeks to understand the big agenda while helping others along the way. We are super happy to welcome Isaac Weishaupt to the show today. Hey, Isaac, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. How are you guys doing?
1: Very Good. I'm in California, so there's a lot of smoke. It's okay today, but it's a little <laughs> yeah,
0: annoying. I'm in Utah. I get I get all the uh, after effects of your guys' smoke, so we oh, yeah. <laughs> we deal with the, the smoke too.
1: The droughts and it's awful. I one thing that I, I wanted to ask you is and I is how long you've been doing this and kind of what got you interested and then I want to ask you some big picture stuff about what's happening right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. Um. So. I'm a one-man army. I just kind of do my thing. I'm not um, like like you said on the thing top five percent Amazon seller. That's uh, that's legitimate. I, I've been selling a lot of books and I do it through my own sort of means. I, I started blogging in 2011. Uh, what got me into this was I mean this is a long sort of winding tale, but basically I, I grew up in the 80s and 90s, interested in you know all these sort of X Files type shows. Then I read Bill Cooper's "Behold a Pale Horse" in like uh, was it 2002, and I found that to be super intriguing. A couple of years later, I see David Ike's "Freedom Road" on VHS tape. Someone let me borrow. No clue what he was talking about. I had to watch <laughs> it like a hundred times. You know what I mean? And I was like, this this guy's out in left field. What's he talking about? Aliens and and penis statues, you know? And uh, I, so like that 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 was like from the time I watched Freedom Road to the time I really started digging in it was probably another five or six years and i read david ike's um human race get off your knees and that's when i was really blown away by some of the ideas there and and i don't i i'm a little different than most truthers in the sense that like i'm the first one to like hate other truthers because like <laughs> <laughs> sometimes people like they get behind stuff and like there's no truth to it so Um, I, I kind of fact check people like, like David Icke, for instance, you know, I don't believe everything he says, but it's fascinating, you know, and yeah, sometimes
1: he goes a little too far for me. And then of course, like any conspiracy theorist who on, on the, the judging end, the buying or the selling, that's me and he are both conspiracy theorists. I, then I have to wonder, like, is he an inside job? Is he a (laughs) honeypot? Like what's going on with that guy? Stay away or embrace yeah. And then you start getting into the Q stuff and it's like, well, Trump's getting away with a lot just cuz Q says he's secretly Batman.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm actually doing a big QAnon uh, exposé of sorts kind of research cuz cuz um well let me let me finish my background here so yeah. people know who they're talking to. Uh the or listening to the um the, the I started the blog in 2011. I was between I was getting ready to start grad school I had about a, a year of downtime. And I was like, let me do this just for something to do because I, I was just used to doing things and researching just for school. And I kind of kept that going. But I, I focused on conspiracy. Then in like 2013, I believe I started my podcast, a YouTube channel, things start taking off. Uh, next thing you know, in 2016, I had about 75,000 YouTube subscribers. And they Long story short, they banned me. They kicked me off of YouTube completely. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, that's strange. But then on top of that, because Google and YouTube are the same, you know, corporation there, Google shadow banned me because I used to be top the top search result when you would search these particular terms, you know, like. When was uh, that? When they shadow banned me? About 2016? Yeah, like was
1: that 2016? Ch- yeah, yeah it was all about the same time. Was- the end yeah but 2016 was the beginning i think of that kind
0: of thing yeah and, and it was a very noticeable um i could pull my statistics up and you could see a clear linear it was it was i would get more and more traffic every month every month for like you know what was that five years and then all of a sudden it plateaus and then it nose dives and it's been down and i've I paid people tons of money to look at my uh search engine optimization all that stuff and uh, they said, no, this is the Google algorithm. Like they're, they're dinging you for something, but it's not related to anything you're doing besides the content. So, you know, right? big shocker there. Right. Um, <laughs> so, but I've been selling, I've been making books for on Amazon and Audible and like those are very popular. And then the podcast has really taken off. And this year it's like through the roof because uh, as you know, you know, 2020 is this like crazy year that everybody's questioning the official narratives and all the, all the mainstream media sources and the, the masses are starting to kind of be like, well, none of this makes any damn sense. So ironically, they're coming over to the conspiracy side of the house to find truth.
1: Well, this can launch us into the conversation where I am looking at that and I'm seeing 2020, the year of clear vision, you could think, and the fact that it's all coming out now. And I wonder... Some people absolutely refuse to see it. I mean, it's willful blindness, in my opinion. But a lot of people are seeing the curtain pulled back. And I mean, maybe I'm putting the cart before the horse, but I'm really interested to know if you think there is something to this kind of revelation of the method, either as a way for the elite to justify themselves or even as a way for them to rob us of our innocence kind of tree of knowledge full of man style.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, to, to add a little more history to my research, since I started blogging in 2011, I started reading through occult literature about various ideas, philosophies, alchemy, ritual magic, all these sorts of things, because I find these really fringy, weird things entertaining to me, because my whole shtick, my, my thing is I watch entertainment films and TV and movies, and all this stuff, and... And pop singers, and uh, I sort of joke called the uh, Illuminati TMZ show because I'm, I do a lot of gossip type stuff, but I, Mm -hmm. but I focus on pulling out the occult sort of ritual elements of what's happening in pop culture. And that's primarily what my focus is. Uh, I don't get into like geopolitics too much. Like it's, it's, you know, that because these are, these are big topics. Like I don't have time to research this many things. So I kind of stay, stay in my lane with that in 2020. I've been sort of half and and I'm the first to doubt myself even. Like I, a lot of times I'm like, yeah, this sounds a little too crazy, you know, sometimes. But to me, I think like the big picture of what we're experiencing now is the the model of the 33rd degree Freemasons, the order of KO, order out of chaos, as your audience probably knows already. Uh and and it's very clear to me because this has been going on for years where they've been gradually instilling more and more chaos into the, uh, the mainstream, the subconscious, what have you, in order to have us begging for order and, th- and there's a various reasons to support this, uh, like, like QAnon, for instance, right? You, you look to, uh, 2016 when Steve Bannon was the, the campaign manager for, uh, president Trump, he was into all these kind of weird, occult, fringy ideas in traditionalism, which, sort of argues that they need to burn down society as it is now through whatever means chaos particularly so that they can rebuild it for this what what they call the golden age for these folks they're going to create a new elite uh, which which is you know and you find themes of this in almost everything it's these these psychopaths that are already in the top you know 0.1 percent They think that they've been bestowed this gift from God Himself, because they are the chosen ones, the enlightened ones, and they need to steer humanity through evolution of consciousness or revelation of the method or what have you, to create this new world, the new world order. And that's well.
1: I have to ask you if you're bringing Steve Bannon into it and traditionalism. And what it sounds like they've coined accelerationism Accelerationism, is to burn it down, which Binkley introduced us to that term. And then the motto of kind of the Great Reset or uh, UN or Biden is build back better. But if you, if Bannon, I mean, I always wonder where, and I hate to use this expression because now Q owns it, but where the chess boards intersect. So you kind of look at Steve Bannon, even in the most like even if you're super conspiracy oriented as I am to see, he he seems like he is in opposition to some other kind of person at his level. But if you're talking about him being in on that, what we can call the great reset, accelerationism, build back better. Do you think they're the same force? Binkley, did you want to say something about that? Bannon,
2: it's interesting that you bring up Bannon. Bannon is his mission of the past few months has been to Really target China. You want to find somebody that goes hardcore China all the time, listen to Steve Bannon's podcast. He just made a music video about the CCP being the enemy, and he's a documentarian. He considers himself, he has those connections in Hollywood with Seinfeld. He has his hand in, in culture, like you were speaking to earlier.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, him, him and Breitbart teamed up. That was their first sort of venture together, was teaming up to make these documentaries sort of attacking Hollywood with their own weapons. Uh, and they, and they came out with a lot of the sort of right wing propaganda pieces. Um, and, uh, th- there's ties in there with Citizens United. Um, uh, and there's all this stuff. And, and the guy, I think his name is Bossy something. The guy who's the uh, president of Citizens United was a long time friend of, uh, Donald Trump. And he's the one who introduced Bannon to Trump. And there's all these curious ideas like, one of the documentaries they produced called Generation Zero, uh, Steve Bannon was very uh, critical of the baby boomer generation. He said they're uh, the most spoiled, narcissistic generation ever, and the 60s was a big problem because it had these change in values that need to be undone, and this is a great crisis, and we're going to have what they call the uh, the fourth turning. Uh, which is destroying the old order to create a new one. Which you know this fits into everything that I see with my theory that it's not mine. Like I created this myself. Other people have been saying this too. But that Steve Bannon is in fact QAnon, and he's behind all this chaos.
1: Well, uh, but- that but- that would make theory. sense. And but the fourth turning parallels the fourth industrial revolution, which feels like well, the guy who did the. I don't know if you you know how the World Economic Forum has been kind of in the front and the back of coronavirus, like they preceded it with Event 201 in October. Oh, yes. And Uh now, yeah, they're telling us about the Great Reset. And they feel very left, very liberal, very world government-y. But if you look at their mission statement, it was their 50th anniversary this year, which they renewed their mission statement. It was about basically combining the forces of business and government. And it really feels like fascism. So I almost feel like even ideologically, even the lip service they pay to ideology is merging right now. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think I think the um I, I subscribe to the theories like David Icke talks about with like the left you get to the extreme left and extreme right and it's sort of the same the same team, yeah. you know, like yeah. this is all sort of wrestling and just for show and
1: Yeah, that's uh, what I wanted to know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I subscribe to that. Um and, and that's not to say that, you know, like on one hand, like also like, you know, my opinion could be wrong, like it's just my opinion. But then on the other hand, like it's confusing it's kinda like the police, right? Like there's some bad police out there, but like it's just like there's some bad liberals and there's some bad conservatives, but they're not all entirely bad, but there's some of them and you can sort of w- witness this psychodrama ritual that we're, we're being subjected to for them to create this new world order. Um, and that's, that's, that's why I would argue like uh, the world economic forum there. If, if you're seeing elements of like liberalism and conservatism, uh, that that's probably the way it is because the, in the end they kind of both want the same thing and i you know getting down to the nuances of what specific differences there are i don't know it's just clear to me that they're trying to uh create this new world order which we've all been witness to when they say oh nothing's going to be the same again it's just like they did on nine eleven. oh nothing's going to be the same again it's the day everything changed it's a great reset the new normal and like you know i don't know about you guys but back in in february march when they were talking about the new normal i'm like hold on like what are you talking about like are we just going to get through this and get back to business as usual you know
1: because they were saying 14 days and stuff and that's why they kept pushing it but it does seem i'm really curious about the ritual elements of this i I never thought of the possibility that the kind of battle that we're witnessing what it looks like we're witnessing at the top had ritualistic drama elements to it but certainly the masks the isolation there's a lot of things that feel ritualistic about it and then symbolism like fire and water seem to have you know floods pestilence all seem to have some kind of biblical or apocalyptic feel to it and i just i can't help but think that this this has that you know it is it is a it is a reset it is a new normal it is something really radically transformative happening right now whether we consent or not are you enjoying this special episode of the propaganda report if you are you might enjoy our weekday show the drive time news blast 30 minutes of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. We listen to the news and peel away the propaganda so you don't have to. It's free in the Propaganda Report feed on your favorite podcasting platform. And if that's not enough for you, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash propagandareport. There you can get a full 45 minutes of daily news from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. Or choose higher tiers that give you all of that plus access to our very special disappearing patron parties. Live streamed cocktail parties with us and like minded patrons two Fridays every month that are always a blast. Hope you are enjoying this special episode of the Propaganda Report and hope to catch you at a patron party soon.
0: I agree. I agree that um, there is a coordinated, orchestrated component to all of this. That being said, like, I'm not a doctor. I don't know if this COVID thing is as bad as they make it sound. I don't know if the numbers are true or if they're rigged. Like, you could go back and forth all day looking at studies, because I've done that for months. And I finally just threw my hands up and said, you know, I there's no way to know. I don't know. You could, we could argue this all day long. So, what, it, what is true is that when you look at the idea of rituals, they require a certain amount of energy, a certain amount of theater. If you watch Anton LaVey's... I think it's called De Satanas or something like that from the 70s or late 60s. There's a documentary they had about the Church of Satan. And in the in the documentary they're calling out names of different demons, which was curious to me because the Church of Satan is like a, an atheist organization. They don't believe in right. a god or a devil. Right. Ironically, right? But mm-hmm. When, when you dig into his, uh, the satanic Bible, you can find why he says that. He says these are psychodramas and you have to, you have to create the environment to alter the mood and the mind. Cause there's, there's like this sort of dimension of energy that these people work with, whether you're talking about ritual magic, uh, the occultist, uh, d- to use Steve Bannon as an example. He was, he was into this, uh, Pepe the frog stuff that was, that was, uh, circulating before the election in twenty sixteen. Yeah. Uh and and you know, just to add more fodder to the ban on his queue thing, he was actually already connected into that 4chan gamer audience before Pepe the Frog, because he was he was he had some scheme making money off of the uh Warcraft War to Warcraft folks or something. So it's almost like he he took what he learned there. Is that
1: Bethesda? I think they were just bought by Microsoft.
0: <laughs> oh probably huh? Yeah 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 so so he he already had the hooks in for this sort of idea of like I would argue creating hyper sigils through online you know these 4chan people these gamers and that charged up this energy for Pepe the Frog which I mean that's a whole another topic we can get into but um as far as 2020 specifically you got this idea of the masks and I did this whole show on the masks and the, and the, the debate of whether or not we should be wearing these. Because, again, it's like COVID, where you can point to 10 studies that say do it, 10 studies that say don't do it. Um, but in terms of a cult ritual, this is the, the means for transformation. This is the, the, uh, the hoodwink of Freemasonry, they call this. Um, and and what, the reason you wear the mask is typically over your eyes, though, not your, not your nose and mouth. But you wear a mask. Uh, for the initiate to shed their identity, and it's part of dissolution of the ego with the idea that you subdue a lot of the the senses and what the what we would consider the normal world in order to transition for a new initiate to you know arise and uh you know become this you know welcomed into this new world of sorts. Uh, but yeah, the the mask is very... And you see this in Eyes Wide Shut and stuff like that. Uh, but the mask... Right.
1: Their eyes. Yeah, you're right. So. It plays a
0: role. It plays but a role. But they're
1: doing that now, too. They brought in goggles, and I've seen documents that say, start wearing goggles. Gad Binkley, what do you Now that
2: about? you say that, it is interesting that I've heard Fauci multiple times, and I'm not kidding here. This sounds like a joke, but I've heard him recommend, it's okay having sex with a stranger, as long as you're wearing a mask, which to me, you just mentioned calls up attention Eyes to that shut. movie, Eyes Wide Shut.
0: Yes. Yeah. Fast, he says some strange stuff, like with the glory holes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, the glory it's like, hole thing is crazy. What are you talking about? like,
1: Dude, you know, I had no idea what that is until Binkley <laughs> explained it to me on podcast, which apparently was the greatest moment in our podcast history. It's Monica but...
2: discovering that, yes. <laughs> Binkley <laughs>
1: explaining to me what glory holes are.
0: Uh, yeah it's 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 bizarre and like you know it's hard i hate being so wishy-washy about things at times but like i really hear the different sides of the argument because like you look to these these people that are in positions of authority and you want to believe that they're the ones that have all the information and they're the experts and they know the truth but like they can't they can't seem to (laughs) to stick with one story they keep changing their mind and this is what i would argue is Part of, uh, sowing the seeds of chaos, yeah. because that's what, um, when you, when you dig into some of these ideas of traditionalism, which is what Steve Bannon would, would label himself, um, they, their core belief is like conventional religion, experts in science and experts in so- society. These things are all flawed. And, uh, we should be embracing these other practices, which are occult practices. And, and they specifically, call out for the breakdown of the masses of bodies like uh, the EU, the UN, the CDC, the the World Health Organization, uh, because they think like basically we've lost our way through modernity and like there's this true spirituality that needs to be reinstilled
2: into this new world order. Um,
1: You're kind of blowing my mind a little bit. I just have to pause for a (laughs) second.
2: Did you say modernity? Yeah, Yeah.
1: modernism. modernism. Okay,
2: modernism. I, it just sounded like Moderna, the vaccine company that <laughs> oh, Fauci works the... with, which I think what is winning out in <laughs> the, vaccine the vaccine wars right now. So, yeah,
0: well, they, they think we've yeah. become too material, right? They, they, they subscribe to this this idea of the Kali Yuga, which is like the final cycle, the final age of man. And they think that we, we've gone too material. We need to go back to a more authoritarian style of leadership so we can bring about this golden age where the uh, the elites, the true elites, can establish dom- dominance, and I would argue that this is exactly what they've been talking about for a long time. With talking about the great work the Freemasons do, and you know, um, the uh, I lost my train of thought there. Um,
1: well, anyway, maybe I can bring it back by explaining to you how what what you're. Kind of what thoughts you're awakening for me that I absolutely are totally far into the way I think. But what you're saying is putting some pieces together that I wasn't really didn't really fit in my view of how the elite operates. I always think of them as trying to suck all the money and power to the top to a world government through the governments and all that. But uh, there is a 2010 document by Rockefeller Foundation that has two or one two-part thing that is really baffling me, but it looks like it's happening right now, which is that the nation states and those kind of organizations break down. And although the world kind of goes in lockstep, information slows down, real like kind of quote authority as we know it, governmental authority goes away, but the philanthropists join together and kind of Run the world de facto. And I, I would imagine that if there are two sides of the coin, the Rockefeller Foundation will be on the opposite of Bannon, but it does sound like what you're talking about and materialism. I, I keep thinking just today, I thought, you know, I think they intentionally deindustrialized Cuba. They've always kind of been after deindustrialization. And I thought they were doing that because that's what would have been required to kind of get a world government going because the really advanced countries couldn't be governed by the same entity as really poor countries. You kind of see that in EU and maybe that's what they were up to, but uh to put a different kind of overlay on it, the way you're talking, I think I'm going to have to start, I, when I do my research and think about what's happening in the world, I might have to expand my mind into this stuff. It's a little hard though. It's like, yeah. it's really, it, it, it has to change your worldview a little bit to see things this way
0: yeah and that's why that's why this you know this is this is like my 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 side gig right like I've got a day job and stuff but like this is quite the obsession for me because once you dig into it it's there's all this uh there's all these levels of truth that you can see with your own eyes but you're trying to distinguish what's happening here because like you said it's like on one hand we've been told forever that the new world order or whatever we want to call this is this globalization and the centralization of powers and meanwhile now you've got this other faction where they're saying no we need to break them all down to restart and it's like well what which one should i believe in it could be that we're we've got some different opinions different philosophies and like these people are sort of battling each other on some levels um now and, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to not give credit where credit's due. Uh, Professor Ben Teitelbaum wrote a book called War for Eternity, and I interviewed him for my podcast. And he's the one that, that I didn't think much of, Steve Bannon. I, I didn't give him a whole lot of thought until I read his book preparing for that interview. And I saw all of these occult concepts about the golden age and all this stuff and alchemy. And I said, holy crap. Like, I didn't know Steve Bannon was into all this stuff. I Um, didn't know
1: that either. And he has a couple of backstories that you never hear. I think one uh is that he was deep in the admiralty, like he was around when Reagan got inaugurated and did a botched kind of um, rescue operation for the RAND hostages. And then he's also tight with Kellyanne Conway and the Robert Mercer Cambridge Analytica Uh crowd, which is kind of uh, cited as... The anti-left, you know, they're like the CFR for the left kind of thing. Although I do believe that that stuff either is for show. Or it's just at that, just operates at that level. Maybe the people there believe they are on one level fighting a battle, but ultimately I do think it's all feeding up to the top. But, but the stuff that you're talking about, I feel like what we learn, what we spend all of our time figuring out the framework for and plugging things in our ideology, the history we learn, the science we learn, we, we don't learn any of that. So I imagine you have to actually, it's, a, it must be like relearning fundamentals about how the world operates the history humanity you know how many dimensions there are (laughs) you know you have to start with that and then plug in the actual events
0: yeah i mean lucky for me like i wasn't great in high school (laughs) i was never interested in in learning much in high school i was always a good student (laughs) but i always did the bare bare minimum uh but then when i i I, I joined the military. I was in the military and I was like, Oh man, I gotta, I gotta go to college. This is, this sucks. So I, I got out, went to college and I, I gave it hell. And, you know, I got like a 3.9 GPA and, and like, I really, what did you study? What
1: was your major? Uh,
0: I did uh, electronics engineering with a math minor, which was, was a curious decision on my part because all these people we were learning about who derived a lot of these mathematic formulas, they were all, old occultists and a lot of the names resurface when i'm doing my research on the the history of the occult really yeah so um
1: i would love anything you have to say about jack parsons i've always been kind of oh
0: you, you got how many hours you got you <laughs> oh really about oh i'm sure
1: you've done work on it you ha- <laughs> you ha- you put out so much material like it would not be possible for me to fully survey
2: Does numerology Uh, factor into all that? that. The math angle of it?
0: Yeah, yeah. There's, um, yeah, because they they believe in like what they call the twilight language, you know, and they. uh, A lot of this goes into like as above, so below talk, where they think, and this is, and this, this is a good answer to the, I think, the first question, uh, as far as my point of view. The there's you got to understand their fundamental idea of how the world works, and I don't know if this is right or wrong. I've been reading a lot of quantum thought and and new age kind of stuff lately and I I, a lot of resonates and I'm like oh maybe they are right but they think that the things we do here on earth can be connected through like mental thoughts mental emanations focus meditations we can use the energy of these thoughts on some level to create changes in the universe which is the idea of ritual magic uh, that's
1: also the idea of prayer right
0: yeah yep same idea right and and it's, it's like sort of two paths to, uh, you know, different sort of ends. Um, but the, the numerology and the numbers and stuff that fits into a lot of their ideas on that as above, so below with the idea that ritual dates have meaning. Um, and, and they, they would do this to align with the cosmos on some level. Um, it's kind of like, um, trying to think of a good example i was just using for someone we were talking about this um it's kind of like how the rituals work uh, in a sense you you have to get the mind prepped to sort of have this interface with the universe because you could the universe then responds it's it's kind of a cabalistic idea it's like the universe kind of has its own response to it and um it's kind of, it's kind of hard to get into the odd, the ideas they have of this, but that's why, um, when you look at the book of Revelation and the apocalypse and the events you see in there, you'll see people depicting that in entertainment and pop culture with the idea that these folks believe it's sort of a recipe book. And if they start creating the events, it'll take on its own energy and build up momentum and then they can bring about the end times which sounds psychotic right it sounds scary but they they have a different view of of uh, the world you know they, they believe in luciferianism they think that god's the oppressor and and lucifer the fallen angel oh. is the true enlightener of mankind and all this stuff
2: is that yeah. what that show lucifer is kind of conveying have you seen that show
0: i, I haven't watched it i should but I haven't seen it, now.
2: I just watched a few episodes recently, the first time I've ever seen it, and that sounds to me like my you know my brief interaction with it to be what they are, kind of the plot, underlying hmm. plot anyway.
1: <laughs> but it's not really, it's not Lucifer as a personal anti-god, right? It's Lucifer, it's the idea that God... It's
2: Lucifer was thrown out of hell, and he the show is, and he comes up and yeah. he's living on, he, somehow he's on Earth now, living as a human, and he's discovering his humanity... So, and there there's a lot of anger towards his father to kind of make God frame God as a right. bad guy, but I true.
1: mean Luciferians hmm. are you you said it's atheistic right so no
0: no that's uh so you got the Church of Satan right, and they're like an atheist oh I group see I got officially you. uh the Luciferians, which isn't as far as I know like an organized structured religion of sorts, it's more of a philosophy that uh the people that subscribe to it believe that. Lucifer is sort of the misunderstood hero and God, you know, God's oppressive and he he created us to worship him and if we didn't follow the rules, we got we have to burn in hell forever and he's a real jerk. So Lucifer or the serpent in the garden of Eden was here to help us and show man technology so that man could become God himself, which is what you find as the sort of end game for all of this is uh man through becoming, uh, through apotheosis, becoming God, which is not to sound like a Bible, thumber, but that's like what the Bible warned you about over and over, like with the Tower of Babel yeah. and all this stuff.
1: I was going to say uh, there's like repeated fears of that or revelations of that. People say it's a Mormonism. I've heard you talk about that, hip-hop guys, and I was thinking I wanted to ask you about this because I saw at the Grammys Pharrell Williams I guess had that song, Happy, Happy. And I, I remember saying to my kids, oh, this is totally... Satanist. And they're like, what do you mean, mom? It's about being happy. I was like, it says happiness is the truth. Isn't that like, do what thou wilt? And then when he came out to accept the award, he said, I just want to thank the Lord. And I remember thinking, what Lord? Which Lord?
0: Yes. And that's where it gets a little, a little fuzzy because they, they talk about, they, they talk about, you know, uh, give thanks to God and all that. But their God, as, as the theory goes, is Lucifer. Um, and, and Pharrell, he was also, he had a line in a song talking about Hermes Trismegistus, which is a name that most people probably never heard in their whole life. And it's because he knows the ways of the occult, and that, that is a revered figure in the occult. It's where the hermetic magic comes from from the yes. ancient Egyptian sources.
2: What is his Someone name? Someone just
0: Hermes Trismegistus?
2: Or Hermes just said... the
0: thrice great or something like that, is what that means?
1: I just, a couple of things on that. I just, somebody just tweeted at me. I was like, I'm a mom and I talk about my kids sometimes and they're like, you just have to teach them the seven principles of hermeticism. And I was like, wait, I have a red flag on that. I think that's bad. Right. (laughs) And then I read something else that the church, the Catholic church was infiltrated by that like 800 years ago.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a, and, and that's where it gets a little odd because some of the new age ideas, like they're not all entirely bad. It's just a matter of discerning at what point is it, uh, you know, at what point do I tap out of this? And like, like yoga, for instance, right? Like, like yoga, it's, it's great. Get your stretch on. It's cool. Whatever people love it. But you know, you got to understand the occult roots of yoga, which means to union, to yoke, was to connect man to god and that's what you'll see in all these ritual ideas um and symbolically they they uh they do they do different kinds of rituals they call them like apollonian or dionysian rituals where you either like overload the mind so that it can be sort of subsumed by this higher god source or you overload it or you or you withdraw so like fasting or doing drugs or drumming Uh, You know, getting into a rhythm, uh, a chant, uh, uh, those kinds of things.
2: This is blowing my mind, this stuff, because... (laughs) Me too. I've done a lot of improv comedy in my life, over a decade. And one of the exercises... Yoga is something that you do before, what some people do before, to get focused, to get centered. And there's an exercise that this guy named Keith Johnstone does. He does a workshop on trance masking, which the idea is... A bunch of people who are kind of in their shell, they put these masks on and these kind of crazy looking masks, and they just transform into something else like you spoke to a little while ago, and they become literally just insane. Like People who were the shyest people in the world are doing craziest things you've ever seen behind the veil of this mask, and it is so much power that comes in getting people to buy in to things like that. You, you have so much control over them once they, they do that. Mm. And
1: those ritual sounds, like the yes. drumming and stuff, beating, I've noticed yeah. as, like, I saw a friend of ours is in the band Arrested Development, which is an old hip-hop band with, like, a positive focus. That was one of the things that they prided themselves on. It was mm-hmm. great, super funky. I really enjoyed the show. But then when my kids will walk around with really current hip-hop stuff, it's so agitating that, like, if they have their phone playing it, you know, when I'm making breakfast, it's just, I just have to turn it off. I'm thinking, this is... This is really getting into my mind in a way that does not feel good. And I just wonder if part of that, it's not even music somehow, I think. And then I wonder if part of that is it just prepares them for messages or something. It seems weird to me.
0: Yeah, that's, you know, that's curious. Arrested Development, I bought their C, I think it was, I bought their, there was like the third CD I ever bought was the, the popular one they had that was real good. Um, they Anyways. still got
1: it, but you're yeah. not. I can see them for a long time.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was a big fan of that that, that first album. They had. that was really good. But then I've, uh, you know, I I get into a lot of. Uh, I like the gangster rap. I like all hip hop. Like I'm a hip hop guy, so like I like all of yeah. it. Like even the, the the nasty stuff that I talk about on my shows. Like it's because I enjoy it, right? Um, now to sort of add to that idea, sort of uh, here's an example to sort of support some of these. Schools of thought we're talking about uh you talked about Aleister crowley's uh do without wilt ideas mm-hmm. um you know, Aleister Crowley plays a huge part of this agenda in the sense that he was one of many in a long line of occultists that were synthesizing ideas. Uh, and reteaching the masses, uh, he wasn't the first to do it. But Pythagoras was the first to do it back in like 500 BC. He kind of round all the ancient ancient Egypt and and Mesopotamia, and he he synthesized all the occult esoteric doctrines, and then taught his initiates in his little secret society. And and you've got all these people that have done it over the over the hundreds of years. Hilarious and he's a big math guy, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep, Pythagorean theorem. Yep. <laughs> and uh, hmm. so Aleister Crowley was just kind of like one of the most recent, most notorious ones. And and that was his deal was to incorporate all of the occult teachings from all over the world. And he actually went into, uh, we can talk about him with Jack Parsons because Jack Parsons thought he was going to be the successor to Aleister Crowley because um, Aleister Crowley was channeling spirits and stuff and doing all this he was doing like the yoga and the meditation and the occult rituals and the magic and he was the one who did the amalantra working which was a ritual he performed up near where they arrested Ghislaine Maxwell and uh he channeled an entity called lamb which means the path or the way and this entity he drew and it looked as a gray alien this is 1918 this is long before people were drawing gray aliens. And he said, Oh, I made contact with this entity and and this is what it looks like. Well, then, you know, you fast forward and now we're in the 1940s. And before, right before Parsons died, I'm sorry, right before Alistair Crowley died, Jack Parsons, who was your godfather of NASA essentially, he and L. Ron Hubbard were out in the desert conducting the same ritual, the amalantra working, but they reworked it for a different purpose. Uh, they called it the Babylon working, and what they were trying to do was manifest the female goddess Babylon, uh, which he was successfully able to do in the form of Marjorie Cameron. Um, now, what was curious to me was that this term Babylon, and I'm probably going way over everyone's head. I don't stop me if it's it no, too no, crazy. No, just keep going. Okay, I,
1: I wanted to go back. Was, I've read a couple <laughs> things on books on Jack Parsons, but I'm just not satisfied. I want more.
0: Yeah, he's he's intriguing fascinating to say the least um and I'll, so i'll make this brief but he uh the, so babylon b-a-b-y-l-o-n means gate of the gods referring to uh, the sumerian culture but uh alistair crowley reworked it to b-a-b-a-l-o-n based on numerology like we talked about earlier and it's based on john d and edward kelly uh and their Enochian angel language They were doing this hundreds of years prior to Crowley where they thought they were talking to aliens and angels and, and the, the aliens said, here, here's a, here's the language you can talk to us. So they wrote it all down on this table. And in in the dimensions were 12 by 13, which is the gematria equivalent to Babylon with the A. So the thing, so here's, here's why I bring all this up is because Crowley links into Parsons. Parsons does the ritual, Crowley says, that guy's an idiot, he didn't close the portal off right, then we get Roswell right after that, and then Crowley dies, and uh, during this Parsons manifested uh, Marjorie Cameron into his life, and they thought that they were literally tasking themselves to manifest the energies of the New Age, the Aeon of Horus, uh, which is Almost by definition, the world we live in—it's the the age of the crown and conquering child—and everyone sort of like does their own thing, and uh, there's no there's no morality to consider. And so I would argue that you go back to Parsons and Crowley, and that's who you have to <laughs> ultimately blame for uh, the state of affairs today, because they they, they uh, being the the beatniks influenced the '60s, which pissed off Steve Bannon. And now we're all in our home quarantining.
1: But but what about somebody like Klaus Schwab, the face behind the founding of the World Economic Forum that acts as the, let's say, tactical agent or even strategic agent of this big picture change that that that, I mean, is it? energy that that connects them is it a a common plan i mean is it communicated i just i i, yeah. I feel like there's a, a level of the chessboard that's yeah, above yeah. those two
0: yeah i i get that and that's and that's some of the confusing elements of this that it's really hard to ascertain because you know we're not part of these meetings that they do at, at build oh yeah that's or true they, do.
1: they all go to that trump goes to davos
0: yeah. You know. Yeah. So like, you know. I, I would argue that, and, and, I don't know what, it's kind of like the art, like I, I focus on pop culture, right? So like, do the artists know that they're doing these symbols that mean this and that and the other? Like, like, uh, uh, who did I just talk about? I don't watch sports. Um, not Kobe Bryant, LeBron James. Uh, he, he does all these weird symbols during like a ritual every time he, I don't know, when he starts the game or whatever, where he's doing the 666 hand. And the Triangle of Manifestation hand, which people confuse as Jay-Z's rock diamond. Uh, And, and, you know, we could tangent off into Beyonce's Black is King, which is a Disney propaganda film for aliens. Uh, But yeah, I don't don't know that these artists and these celebrities, I don't know that they entirely understand it all. I think at best, there's some handler that knows them in, in these Hollywood circles. It's like, hey, you know, you can if you just do this, you can sort of like manifest energy to uh, make you better at basketball or whatever.
2: Let me ask you a question. These, so these people in power, these like people way, way up at the top that you're speaking about, they, they, do they believe they're communicating with these aliens like, like Crowley did? And are they communicating with them in pursuit of what you mentioned earlier in pursuit of becoming something else and transforming into a God is that their their goal? As yes. the, from the individual standpoint?
0: Yes, one hundred percent. And and I know that's sort of a, a wild statement to make. Uh, I just I, I'm writing two alien books, going in deep into this topic. I, I just published the first one. It's called Aliens, UFOs, and the Occult: User Illusion One. Um, and I'm working on the second one. But yes, that these. If you look at uh, so Dr. Steven Greer, he's out in the desert meditating, channeling aliens. He wants you to buy an app. You can download to your phone where you can literally that. manifest the UFOs and stuff. Yeah. Uh, this is called like, uh, you know, a certain uh, close encounter of the fifth kind, named after the documentary there. Um, but yeah, these occultists, and, and the reason I believe this is because this has been going on for a long, long time, and to me, it's nothing new. It's just sort of the modern take on this thing. And if you go back to uh, a guy named Konstantin Sojkovsky, he was one of the first to sort of believe in this ancient alien idea that aliens have been here before, and uh, they left their presence known, and they sort of tweaked the, the DNA of mankind, and we all need to go back to the cosmos to where our true creators are. Um, and, and you know, he did this a couple hundred years ago. And this is the same idea as you see perpetuated in science fiction, and that science fiction influences all these science nerds at NASA and rocket scientists, Werner von Braun, Jack Parsons, all these people. Um, and, I and think, they,
1: yeah, L. Ron Hubbard and Heinlein and those guys were in on it. even George Orwell. There were a lot of those people who wrote stuff in that, you know, yeah, on that side yeah. of the spectrum who were involved.
0: <laughs> yeah those people they they dabble in not only just like aliens and science fiction but they start dabbling in um you know global new world order kind of talk and uh, you know h.g wells and huxley and all these people connect together and you start seeing this sort of same concept over and over like they call the perennial philosophy and and this idea of this global consciousness and this uh you know and, and it goes on and on there's all these all these people that called aliens different sort of things and when we talk about aliens to me that's an interdimensional entity it's not you know it's like angels and demons right Uh, i i don't necessarily believe that there's conscious advanced beings on another planet that come here and visit us but i do believe through different different methods these people can be these things can be contacted from another dimension uh, which is I mean, what all even these occultists the buy into.
1: Regular, like widely accepted, the dominant religions in the world have that kind of element in that you have people who can cross over from living to dead, from material to immaterial, communicate directly with, with personal entities from a different dimension. I mean, even just the Bible is full of that kind of stuff.
2: It's very interesting because whatever it is that they're communicating with, if they don't know what the true origin is maybe they think that they do then whatever that is has very very powerful control over them which then trickles down to everybody else i'm imagining the scene from back to the future where marty mcfly is in 1955 and he's trying to get his dad to ask his mom to prom after having messed up their first meeting he dresses up like a space alien and he puts these headphones on his dad while he's sleeping, and he wakes him up with rock music and he commands him to ask her to the prom. Doesn't I, he
1: say I'm your density?
2: Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I, I can't remember the exact line, but yeah, something yeah. like that. I'm just imagining the, the power that what whoever controls these messages that are getting to them, there's where the power lies. It would seem.
0: Yeah, yeah. And 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 these these people are trying to purposefully contact. Um, entities and that, and that scene from Back to the Future, that's kind of a yeah, it's kind of like an ancient alien sort of idea where maybe they didn't understand what was going on. But um the the occultist like like Kenneth Grant, for instance, he was another famous occultist who who took on Crowley's missions and he he started what they call the Typhonian Ordo Templi Orientis and he the whole purpose of that organization was to open gateways and to channel entities into our world into our dimension um now if if people think that this is all crazy woo woo stuff uh, look no further than our own intelligence agencies they've been researching this since the 40s they were researching Jack Parsons uh and his occult connections because Parsons they heard ripped a portal in the sky doing that babylon mm-hmm. working and that created the Roswell alien crash and then the, the so the story goes uh, Nick Redfern wrote a book about this there's a group called the collins elite that have been basically uh, i don't want to call it a deep state sort of a deep state a succession of people within the pentagon that research the alien phenomenon since 47 they've been weary of making contact with entities from another dimension because they have like a fundamental christian belief like hey these things are demons we shouldn't do this and you know we were doing all these sort of paranormal men who stare at goats type studies at sri project stargate all this stuff and the whole time so the story goes the collins elite folks were like hey we shouldn't do this we should shut this down we think you're going to bring demons into our world and that's the true secret as to why they can't be transparent and honest about what's going on with these ufos um and and to prove that point, if you look at Luis Elizondo's interviews of the past year or two, he's the, the focal point of the the new alien UAP disclosure thing working with Tom DeLong. He's you can see it in his own interviews. He covertly says stuff like, Oh yeah, we had a bunch of, you know, wacky Christians that were holding back research for many years. And that's who he's talking about.
1: That's just interesting. Some of the stuff is dovetailing in that if you, you were saying how it's a DNA kind of, um, alters DNA, transforms DNA earlier on in the conversation. And then when you talk about what, what some of these scientists are doing that might invite demons. I mean, I would think the most, in my opinion anyway, the most, m- m- most concerning medical ethics question is gene editing, which by the way, Fauci's wife is, it maybe the foremost medical ethicist that i know of and so that that just shows you where we are one of the vaccines but I think is a
2: gene edited the rna vaccine is a yes gene Inovia.
1: Edited. i know that's the thing is that they are they are starting to change the very dna of humanity because that stuff gets passed on
0: mm. yeah that that new uh, rna vaccine is is a sketchy little thing to me
1: That's the worst in my opinion. But Uh, I I did want to ask you, I just have this idea that, and maybe you don't, I don't know if you go in this direction, but do you have a sense, I heard you say about, which I think was straight out of the Bible, but that the goats go left and the sheep go right. And then I've noticed in the Bible, it says, eating from the tree of knowledge is the fall of man. And then I also heard you mention Alice in Wonderland, like after she goes down the rabbit hole, she's fundamentally changed. And um I I was listening to the higher side chat you did and I and you were talking about Westworld and Dolores and how when she kind of woke up they she was this different kind of person she lost her innocence and then I had to add on and she became as far as I watched the show it got too violent after a while but she was evil and I wonder if there is an element of when you rob people of their innocence is there a ritualistic thing that you're familiar with where just just giving them fruit from the tree of knowledge separates them from the other entity god or you know puts them in your world
0: just yeah the yeah there, there's something to that for sure when we look at artists like Kitty perry uh she talked about in an interview how she was going to be a gospel singer and then she sold her soul to the devil uh then look at beyonce she was in destiny's child which was a name based upon uh some bible reference i don't i don't know off the top of my head and you know and then she flips around and now she's now she's the uh yoruba goddess Uh, she's (laughs) trying to literally manifest herself as a goddess telling telling her fans to worship her as the goddess and then the mainstream media uh, falls in line with that narrative as well
1: and i feel Uh, like miley cyrus is the whore of babylon and her birth name i believe was destiny
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah, there's there, there's something they get they they get off on this idea of like perverting out uh, these people uh, specifically if they can flip them over because in the in terms of occultism, there when you talk about the goats and the sheep, we talk about the they call it the left hand path where you can you can sort of I guess I guess one way is you could make contact with with the divine, one of two ways, the left or right-hand path, and the right-hand path is more of like your standard socially acceptable thing, whereas the left-hand path, they subscribe to a, a thing they call antinomianism, where through self-deification, which is again your apotheosis uh, idea that man can become God, through individualism, uh, separation from the, the stream of God's consciousness, through evolution of the mind and magic, and all this stuff, One can, uh, you know, evolve themselves and embrace the dark side, embrace the idea that evil is actually good and the dark is actually light, which is a a theme you see with uh, the duality and the black and white checkered floor and the, what they call the Moses pavement and the Freemasonic lodges on the floor, on the checkered floor.
1: Well, That makes me think about transhumanism. Is that related to this God idea? And I also wonder if you've noticed that the fourth industrial revolution, which is a world economic forum project, they talk about that. It's that it's characteristic will be to blur the lines between biology and technology. Does that flow into the God thing?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. The the transhuman thing pops up in, in uh, all my research i think it's in damn near every book i've written uh it's this idea that ties together all these components it, it it fits so nicely into it the the occultism the ritual magic and the you know something like as simple as superhero movies um or a lot of these paranormal shows of channeling ghosts and, and stuff it all it's all about this idea that we can um use forbidden knowledge uh contact with entities from another dimension in order to get this enlightenment to evolve man into the next phase uh, because they want to kind of keep this thing moving The su- and and again when you look at like superheroes right like that that's considered an evolved sort of transhuman thing uh they're just showing you what what the uh the hindu culture is called the siddhis and it's like uh, if you ever read the diary of yogananda um that's that's what he claimed he could do is like levitate and walk through walls and all this crazy stuff uh, they, they 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 legitimately think that through contact of i argue luciferian forces or aliens or whatever that they can achieve these ends of man becoming something greater because because it is a spiritual battle in a sense where they think we need to destroy god's creation and and create a new one a man-made new form the transhuman uh, this is the same concept you see in a lot of a lot of tales like 2001 a space odyssey is your your perfect example where man evolves through the alien intelligence the monolith mm-hmm. and becomes the star child a perfected being that's um, and if you read the books i read all four of the books uh, the way, the way it works is, and in the second book, by the way, they have a, a, they create a second sun that's brighter than our sun. They call it Lucifer, uh, because that's what <laughs> this is all about. But, <laughs> but the, but the idea is that the star child becomes streaming bits of consciousness with no limitations. Can, can, you know, immortal live in the universe forever. It's just this stream of, of data now. And that is, where I argue they want to take us through, through Ray Kurzweil's singularity talks and Zuckerberg and uh, virtual reality and all this crap. But and
1: surely it's not for everyone. Oh, sorry, Binkley, what did you
0: yeah.
1: want
2: to say? That so- Some of that sounds to me a little bit like, again, gene editing. I've read a number of times on our show, Monica, the list of superhero-like powers that this professor at Harvard made that humans could possibly obtain with certain gene edits and the side effects. And the one that sticks out to me is you you would uh, have unbreakable bones. It's basically the same thing as the movie Unbreakable oh, with Bruce yeah. Willis. Is your mm-hmm. bones are unbreakable, but the only downfall is that you're, you might be too so dense that you would sink and never be able to swim again, which is the weakness that Bruce Willis's character has in that movie as well. And you said, hmm. coming from alien technology, that theory that the aliens came down and they gene-edited us to make us a slave race— seems to kind of fall in line with this us gene editing other species and like we turned a beetle into we turned a beetle that didn't fly into an organism that flies we completely transformed it and now we're testing a lot of this stuff on ourselves
0: (laughs) yeah that's an interesting thought yeah and they and they did that with the uh didn't Bill Gates do that with mosquitoes he and did. CRISPR gene editing or something? Yeah,
2: he created super mosquitoes. He, he said he was trying to get rid of malaria, <laughs> created super uh-huh. mosquitoes instead.
0: Yeah, and, um, and I, I recall that the conspiracy theories of the COVID leaking from the Wuhan lab was a place where they were doing CRISPR gene editing in there. Uh, so... Yeah. No, I, I don't I don't know what these what these nerds yeah, are doing. They're I, I gonna kill us.
1: <laughs> go off and all those. But I do I I know that you we were gonna be very strict about the time and I I kinda wanna circle back to where we started. I had the thought that I always call it Q but I heard, I've heard people call it Q Annan and you're talking about Steve Bannon being Q Annan. Oh,
2: and I just, that's interesting.
1: I wondered. That's
0: a good thought. I never I, put that together. You
1: just don't know, man. So I just wondered if you, you know, kind of where can we follow your, your pursuit of that? You know, you're pulling on that thread.
0: Yeah, um, I'm. I'm going to publish it on my pod. In fact, soon um, I'm going to have it on my podcast feed. Conspiracy theories and unpopular culture. It's on, you know, iTunes, Spotify, all the places. Uh, yeah, and and I focus, like I said, I, I generally usually focus on pop culture and occult yeah, symbolism right. and how the two interact. Uh, but every now and then, I'll sort of dabble into these side conspiracies. Like I did a whole, like a eight part vaccine uh, show where because I d- I didn't back in March I. I wasn't an anti-vaxxer, but I wasn't a pro-vaxxer. Right. Like, I don't take my flu shots or nothing. And I thought, man, this is coming down the pike fast. I got to figure yeah. out, like, do I want to take this thing? And I did a, a genuine, neutral sort of take on, okay, here's all the ideas that the anti-vaxxers say exist. And then I sort of fact check and try to find the truth in there. Um, and yeah, and, and I, and <laughs> side note, I wrote a, I, I decided to write like a 80 page book about this sort of journey and research with links so people can make their own decisions. And I went to publish it on Amazon and uh, they, they wouldn't let me. They blocked it, which was it's really? Yeah, they blocked it. And and I've written I mean, maybe eight, nine books, and they all have yeah. you no know, crazy blockable titles like Illuminati and Blood Sacrifice <laughs> and crazy stuff. Right. And I'm like, this is the one? They're gonna stop this one? So you know, Boy, it's
1: what it's what you cannot talk about that shows what's mm-hmm. important to them. I posted something, I tweeted, I used to never tweet about this, but I just and actually I had a terrestrial radio show, and on the last show, I did think like that 9-11 was kind of safe to talk about now like it's been too long it's no no they after the truth movement didn't get anywhere that who's who cares now i think they do care about that because my twitter feed got got all glitchy after that and the thing that i tweeted got taken down and it was a totally scholar you know totally legit article from off guardian but they still and we got we had we were on terrestrial radio together binkley and i and we got taken off when we, like our last show, we talked about for eight and a half years, we were on there and mm. just this year we got taken off. I think it was just because of talking about Event 201 in February, but we also just started letting our hair down and talking about 9 and stuff like that. And I think that was just like, whoa, you are not allowed to talk about this. Stuff. And I just think what you're not allowed to talk about really reveals not only what's important to them, but what they feel they don't completely own.
2: They don't want it to be in that collective consciousness that we were talking about earlier. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's okay. what, and, and to add another thought onto that for anyone listening, the, the, um, the reason I got banned from YouTube was first I did a video talking about the symbolism in a Taylor Swift music video. Uh, nothing negative, just saying here's the occult symbolism and what it could mean, this, that, and the other. And they blocked me out of my account. And then I took some, uh, you know, community guidelines bullcrap. You know, of course, they made me take, and I'm like, and all the whole time I'm like, this is weird. Like it's not like I'm on here saying negative things about her. I'm just saying, "Here's what I see in the video, right? right? Then you know, just a couple months later, I did a video about Ariana Grande, the same thing, and uh, I go to log in the next day and they said, "You've been canceled, you're blocked. You can't ever open another YouTube channel." Wow, and I we, lost wow. 200 videos. Yeah. Oh
1: wow, because you really that you were very popular and successful on YouTube.
0: Yeah, it was it was it's very strange because I you know, I go on there every now and then and I'll see people with similar content um yeah. and I don't understand it. Like Shane Dawson, he can talk about whatever he wants to, yeah. conspiracy related for God knows why, but I couldn't. And it's very strange mm-hmm.
1: to me. Well, someday I'm going to have to pick your brain about the Grammys. I go to the Grammys fairly regularly. I've whatever got I can actually have free tickets. And there's so much stuff that really looks like black mass stuff or that kind of th- thing. And one time I was going and my kids say, Oh, mom, you know, tell us, tell us anything satanic you see. And I literally walked in. I was in a suite and I looked over the crowd before it started and every single person was wearing glowing devil horns.
0: Oh, I remember that. Yes. <laughs> I remember that.
1: <laughs> it was an hour after my kids Wait, like told You didn't I bring take-. your
0: devil horns?
1: I they gave me some. I had them. I didn't wear them because I was afraid that I would just all of a sudden it's like getting a chum bucket on your head that we would all worship plankton and or did, something.
0: And didn't Jack <laughs> didn't Jack Black start that one out with a prayer to Satan too? Isn't that the same one?
1: Oh, oh I I, I that was when AC DC started with Highway to Hell.
0: Oh, okay maybe that was it. I,
1: Jack Black, what, what, I've seen him on there. I mean, there have just been so many satanic elements. So I'll have to wait until next time if you'll grace us with that. But this is not the time because the election's coming up and the, and the year 2020 and the clarity there. I'm sure that there's just too many things that are absolutely emergent. But I'll, I'll give Binkley the last word.
2: I have one final question. First, I want to know where we can find your books because I know a lot of people want to check out your books. I know they're on Amazon. Is there a website that you want people to get them from?
0: Yeah, so uh, whatever's easiest for people. I got them all on Amazon. I narrated almost all the books. They're on Audible under my name, Isaac Weishaupt. Uh, if people want signed paperbacks, uh, I have them at my Gumroad store. It's Gumroad like Bubblegum. Gumroad.com backslash Isaac W. Uh, but yeah, whatever's easiest for the uh, people. It doesn't matter where they get them for Fantastic. me. Fantastic.
2: Yeah. And my final question is, and, you know, you could probably do an hour on this, but as briefly as possible. In your research, what is the most bizarre thing that you have come across?
0: Ooh, wow. That's a curveball there. Um, <laughs> most bizarre. I mean, everything's so bizarre to me. Uh, How I about the say, most
1: bizarre thing you believe?
0: <laughs> the QAnon. Steve Bannon one yeah. right now yeah, That's a good because uh, I have a hard time being like just committing to it. But I'm like, everything I see makes sense here. Uh, well, just
1: it- now they put out somebody who they fired from Citibank for running a QAnon website. And then they fired somebody who uh, uh, anonymously spoke about Fauci, who apparently was an inside guy. So maybe this is foreshadowing yeah. to the Q as inside job, because I was wondering those two things, don't, things like that with the same. Feeling don't come out on the same day if they're not meant to kind of send that ripple effect through the consciousness to take Ricky's podcast name.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but I'll let you answer. Well, well, they were, um, and they were shutting down QAnon accounts on Twitter and stuff. So it's almost like we're seeing these warring factions of of whose dystopian new world order is going to win. Who's Uh, the official
1: QAnon too? Who gets a blue check for Q?
0: Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but, um, as far as to answer the question, I would say Beyonce is the, uh, the weirdest one to me, uh, because there's so much behind her. And, uh, sp- she was at the Grammys portraying the, uh, Yoruban goddess Oshun yeah. many years ago. And I thought it was kind of just like a-, a shtick she did for that show. But when you watch Black is King, she's taken it to the next level and, And she's telling you like she is the goddess. And when I was researching this, um, there's an idea that having people worship you as a goddess could create a literal goddess in some of these, some of these faiths. Uh, so I would say Beyonce is probably the strangest one to me.
2: Interesting. That that I will now uh, shift some of my attention to Beyonce because I'm looking, I love that stuff. Uh, This has been great, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Next time
1: I want to talk Kanye. Yes. Thank you so much. (laughs) So, so much. I know you're super, super busy and hopefully uh, we'll we'll follow your work and would love to talk to you again in the not too distant future. Thanks so much, Isaac.
0: Yeah, most definitely. The pleasure is all mine. Appreciate it.
1: Later.